All right, Jack, we are rolling. How is everything going? How's the Northeast in winter? <laughs> it's going great, Kevin. We were uh, fortunate. Uh, I have uh, two young boys, uh, ages seven and 10. And uh, living in the Northeast, uh, February is quite gloomy. So we were able to get away last week to Florida, and, uh, feel the sun for four days. And that was uh, pretty magical. I figure that's a almost a necessity. I've always thought if I lived in the Northeast, like I've heard, I've never experienced it, but I have friends that say like, man, those three, four months, if you got to get somewhere and see some sunshine. We have made the mistake of not doing it at all. <laughs> um, and I won't do that again. Yeah. My, my wife and I just, you know, we just do better. We do better if we just get a little sun and it's not a lot, you know, just like four days. It's uh, enough of a reset that you're good. Yeah. It's amazing. Even here, it's like when, it, when it comes out for a day or two and I get 10 minutes, even of sunshine, I feel like a different person. It's kind of like eating a healthy meal or getting a good night of sleep. And you're like, Oh, okay. I still am. I still am a human. Well, that's the benefit of Denver. I mean, you can have a 65, 70 degree day in January and February and <laughs> lots of, lots of sunlight and still have the mountains so close. That's true. People snowboarding in t-shirts and bikinis and all that good stuff. So uh, well, yeah, let's jump in and, uh, and intro you and, and who you are for the people that don't know, for the listeners that are like, oh, okay, who is this chat guy? So let's tell them a little bit about who you are and, and where you work. Sure. Um, so my name is Jack Huntress. I live uh, just outside of Boston in a town called uh, Carlisle, which is like for any Revolutionary War buffs, uh, Lexington <laughs> Concord, uh, right around the corner. Patriots Day is a big day. Uh, in our neck of the woods uh, in April, uh, Marathon Monday, when um, lots of people reenact uh, 1775. Um, and uh, I'm the founder and CEO of Homebinder. Um, this is my, I guess, second startup. Um, my first was uh, in the um, commercial real estate space, having to do with environmental and engineering issues on commercial properties. Uh, where lenders were lending on them. And uh, so I, I got the bug in my 20s, and um, the company that acquired us was getting into residential, and in a way that that brought me into the, the world of Homebinder. And, you know, can unpack that a little bit more, because I think a lot of that even goes back to, frankly, my childhood. Um, you know, growing up in a house that was built in 1735 and having seven fireplaces, and, you know, <laughs> lots of awful maintenance in that house. Um, and being the oldest child, you know, working with my dad, you know, constantly, I often joke houses are like a, um, such a, a gut check of entropy. Uh -huh. Everything is constantly heading towards disrepair. And, uh, so you, in an old house, it's, it's even more evident. It's, it's just, it's just relentless. It goes on all the time. So, um, I think I got at an early age uh, caught up in the in understanding the world of maintenance and home upkeep, and um, probably plays a lot into why you know home binder as an idea became so appealing to me. So you were drawn into that at an early. Were, if you're anything like me, I was like the hold the flashlight kind of kid, where it's like I'd stand behind my dad and hold the flashlight for him sometimes. And so that was my early exposure. Not that I had a passion for it, but it it may have planted seeds of being interested in this kind of thing later in life. Yeah. You know, I definitely was more, um, I think the other part, you know, and I'll kind of reveal a little bit more about myself right now, but I, I lost both my parents at a relatively young age. Mm -hmm. um, my dad, dad died when I was 12. 
um, and my mom died when I was 20. And so I think, you know, to a degree, I was still at an age where I was mostly that flashlight holding kid over his shoulder, just kind of watching him do things. Mm-hmm. But as you might imagine, I was kind of thrown into the role of actually having to do some of that stuff right. um, uh, at a fairly young age. And I, I have to say that I don't have a passion for it. I have some friends, you know, that'll like, you know, refurbish, refinish things, you know, redo their bathroom on their own and build out, do a finished basement as my brother-in-law did this, this winter. And I'm just like, I just have no, <laughs> no desire to do those types of things. Um, but I appreciate them so very much and, and know that, you know, that, uh, you know, living in a functional home really requires that you're always sort of thinking about how to make it great for you and optimize it. Yeah. And Mike's a, Mike built his own shed in his backyard and he's that guy that really gets joy out of using his hands and building something. I'm the opposite. I'm just like, okay, how can I outsource this so I can just go do something fun? (laughs) I fall into that camp, Kevin. Very nice. Um, so yeah, let's dig in actually on kind of the, um, inception, um, you know, and, and first you can just tell everyone kind of what home binder is and the elevator pitch just so we can all get familiar and have the, the understanding of what it is. And then tell me a little bit about how, how it actually came about at the time and, uh, and kind of how it became what it is. Sure. So, um, home binder, I often describe it as kind of two, um, parallel visions in a way um we our, our name is not cryptic uh home binder is as it says uh we are a digital three ring binder for homeowners uh we are online we're a mobile app we help homeowners organize and manage everything about their home uh there's a place for everything and everything has its place from uh, details of appliances to projects that were completed to receipts down to paint colors by room and um, helping homeowners have all that information at their fingertips. Um, I, you know, some proud moments for me as a founder or when we were doing a, like a re-roofing on a little shed roof we had and, and the guy uh, doing the work said, Hey Jack, you, I mean, you don't happen to know what kind of shingles are on your roof. Do you? I said, give me 10 seconds. <laughs> well, I said, they are GAF mission Brown, blah, 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 blah. These are the ones you got to get. Um, and, uh, you know, moments like that make me, you know, realize and know that, you know, this is, this is important. It's a real headache, uh, for homeowners with everything that's going on in their home and how busy we are. And we do, most of us do outsource a lot, but in order to outsource effectively, you still have to have information. Otherwise it's going to cost you a lot of time and money, uh, perhaps calling the wrong person or giving the wrong instructions. Um, and and so you, you can't, you can't just be oblivious to these things. And so on the one hand, we are this online repository tool that helps the homeowner manage their home and sends maintenance reminders and notifications if an appliance gets recalled. But on a parallel track, a big part of our vision, Kevin, is that uh, a home binder report is part of any future home sale. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't buy a home without a home binder. And I'll talk in a minute. It'll be a nice segue to the founding story here um, about why why that plays in. Um, if, if you have bought a home, if you've bought even multiple homes, you know this pain that in year one of buying a home, you have a very steep learning curve. Yes. You uh, can't answer any questions about anything. <laughs> People come in and say, hey, do you know about this? And why was this done? And how does this work? And really, you're just stumbling through it, trying to come up with answers along the way. Um, you keep learning and 
getting knowledge about that home over the next five, seven, 10, who knows how many years you own it. And then you sell and all of that knowledge gets effectively lost. Yeah. And the next owner starts from zero again. And then they build up a steep learning curve in year one and then they continue to learn. And then the cliff happens again as they sell the home. And that, you know, that repeats itself just here in the U S about six, six and a half million times a year. Um, and this is for the single largest asset that most people will buy in their lives. And if you add up the sum total of all of the homes in the United States, it's the single most valuable asset class in the globe. Yep. It's like 32, $36 trillion, kind of depending on how you do the calculation, but a massive amount of money. And we go into a blind most of the time. We go into a blind. We, we get the keys <laughs> and a good luck. It's like crazy. We do more with cars. Like literally, we do more with cars in some cases in terms of getting some of this information. Yeah. Uh, fortunately, you know, we both work in the home inspection industry, uh, which, which does a good job of, of trying to educate people. But here's the real rub. Home inspectors are passionate people generally that know a ton about homes. They are unique in that they are generalists of homes and they know a lot about lots of components of the home. They aren't specialists like plumbers or electricians. Um, and they generally want their clients to be on site. And they generally spend a lot of time educating those clients or trying to educate them during the walkthrough of the property of letting them know, hey, this is a filter here. You're going to want to change this once a year. This is how you do it. This is a release valve on your furnace. Or, you know, if you run into some problem, this is your sump and this is how it works. But frankly, there is so much going on in that home purchasing process. And that's so much information that a lot of that just gets lost. I mean, it's amazing. Maybe it's not amazing. But <laughs> <laughs> We find, we find questions, you know, we interact with lots of homeowners that are, are gifted home binder from their home inspector um, or, or, uh, or some of their real estate agent. And, and these homeowners um, come with the most rudimentary questions that I know are in the home inspection report as answered, but they just missed it. They missed it. And so there's a lot we can do, I think, to help them in their journey. So just to rewind again, it's this two-part idea that, yes, every homeowner should have a home binder or something. And for years, real estate agents, home inspectors, and others gave away three-ring binders. Um, we're that digital equivalent of the analog. And also the idea that, you know, you wouldn't buy a home without a home binder because you're, you're just not getting that type of information that you should have as a new buyer and it's going to make your owning in that first year really a lot more painful and, and, you know, beyond the first year. And I specifically love this because when we got into the software space, we, we had this, like this thought in our head, like, I mean, how come there's not a Carfax for homes? You know, how come there's not this thing that transfers that knowledge? And then when we had heard about you guys, we we're like, ah, oh, that's it. Someone's thinking about this. Someone's trying to solve this problem. Um, so it worked wonderfully. So when did this, when did this kind of hit you? When did this, like, what was the, take us back to either that moment or the thing you saw or did that made you say, okay, I'm going to, we're going to attack this or we're going to do this. Yeah, I think there were, there were, there was a lot of like little events, again, going back to even my childhood that I think, you know, uh, started to plant a bunch of seeds, but I'll point to two in particular that I think really were part of the founder story here. Um, one is that the company that bought my last startup 
um, they were they generated most of their business and most of their revenue in the commercial space with environmental data, specifically about uh, toxic properties. In other words, leaking tank, underground tanks at gas stations, uh, dry cleaners, uh, which are notorious. We could go into a whole discussion about dry cleaners. Um, uh, Superfund sites, landfills, etc. And so they have a, had a massive database and it always seemed logical that that type of data and information should be part of home transactions. Um, we've heard and read stories and watch movies like Aaron Brockovich, mm -hmm. uh, civil action, um, happened right here, actually like two miles away from where my office is right now in Woburn, Massachusetts. Um, the movie with John Travolta. But the, the bottom line is people get confused get sick all the time from a contaminated environment and they're bl generally blind and unaware of, of, uh, of these conditions. And although it's not possible to prevent them all, there's a lot of data out there that could be shared with potential buyers to at least make them aware of things that are in their surroundings. Yep. And so because of, of this company, you know, me engaging with them and working with them, um, and talking to more folks in the residential market where I, I took a role for two and a half years with them, talking to all the data players in the market, it really made me understand about, you know, how little people do know um, both, you know, within the home's walls and in that broader context of um, the surrounding area of their home. And there's lots of companies, I think, that are tackling the stuff on the outside. There is a company, you know, called house facts. Um, and I think they do a very good job with flood information and crime information, school information. Um, obviously we're more inside the property, inside the walls of the house. Um, and, uh, and by meeting all those people, I realized that there's, there's an opportunity here that's not quite done. And it's somewhat equivalent of um, every other industry with regards to information is going through a transformation. We talk about EHR, electronic health records. Mm -hmm. We talk about, um, uh, you know, the world of financial instruments and all of the uh, visibility and transparency that exists today, like a Bloomberg terminal for a, a trading analyst, all the way down to pe what people have with E-Trade. It's all possible because there's high, high amounts of transparency to all of this uh, asset information. And it, it just hasn't really taken a place in the residential market, again, despite being this massively valuable um, resource in our, in our economy. So that's one. The second thing is my home buying experience. So I had, I had, I had my parents' house, I had a condo that I was living in, and then I was getting married and uh, my fiance and I went to go buy this house. And lo and behold, at this one particular open house of about 12 homes we looked at in detail on the kitchen table at the open house, the owners had left out an eight inch stack of like everything about the home, effectively <laughs> the home binder, you know, like this is the paint colors we use in these rooms and here are all the manuals. And this is the receipts from all the pros that we hired to do all the maintenance. And, wow. uh, and I started flipping through it. And so my wife's touring the home and I'm like hyper-focused at the kitchen table, flipping through this stack of paper. And ultimately we did buy that home. We saw more value in that home. Um, 
we were excited to have the information and, you know, I, I don't rely on it too much today because now I either know it in my head, but for the first couple of years, I certainly leaned on that information and uh, ultimately um, I think gave me a swift kick to say, you know what, this has just got to be done and somebody's got to figure this out and we need to transform this analog to a digital in today's world. Oh, I love that. I, I, in, I mean, any startup or founder story I love that comes from an actual experience or an actual pain point, And that just hits it right on the head because I think back personally to all of these times of wanting to know what happened or how something was done in my home. And I just don't have the answer. And then when I find the answer of a make or a model, I put it in my little notes app so that I'm thinking to myself right here as we sit, I'm like, all right, well, I need Homebinder to put this stuff in a centralized place. Um, so I think this, I think this hits home with probably everyone that's listening of anyone that's documented something in a, on a sticky note or on your little notes app on your phone. Um, so I love the idea of buying a home and then boom, you get this dashboard of all this information about where you're spending all your time. Yeah, I mean, you know, if we back up from it, you know, Kevin, it, and we get a bit philosophical about it, um, homes, we aren't so much owners of homes as we are stewards. You know, I'm not the first owner of my home, right. I was third or fourth. I certainly won't likely be the last. Right. Uh, and, you know, especially in the Northeast where, heck, the home I was in, I was like the... I think our family was something like the, you know, 14th or 15th owner. Wow. Over the course of, you know, uh, 260 years. It's unbelievable. Um, and so when you think about it that way, there's this deep, rich history. Um, and we can use tons of analogies, I think, with Homebinder. None of them, I think, tell the exact story. Like the Carfax thing is good, but it's not total. Electronic health records is good, but it's not total. Um, Ancestry.com, another example of uh, sort of like knowing the background and history um, uh, of something that's important. And um, we hope that, you know, our product is really going to have an impact by people being able to manage their homes in easier ways by uh, understanding what happened five years ago, 10 years ago, or perhaps even 20 years ago or more, uh, which in today's world, you're just guessing and uh, you're trying to piece it together. So let's, I love this, by the way, I love digging into this kind of stuff of how, how you think of this. And that's what I want to ultimately get in is inside your mind of how the vision for Homebinder, which I think you've, you've explained very nicely. So let's like zoom in on a practical level. So say I am, what's the most common use case for me, the homeowner, um, to use Homebinder? Like what my day-to-day -day life, like what's the most common things I run into where it's like, oh, cool. Let me use Homebinder for X. Yeah, the, the most common and, and the most universal right now is, is definitely around maintenance. Um, that's where homeowners generally in sort of our surveys and feedbacks uh, comment that they, they derive the most value. Um, we work with uh, many inspectors all over the country, all over North America, really. Um, and they generally we'll set up a, a maintenance schedule for that homeowner, but then it's on their, um, their backs to adjust as needed and add to it. Um, so that's a very, very common one that at some frequency and some things, 
you know, we don't put things in a home binder like, hey, it's the fall, rake the leaves. Right. Um, you know, you put in a home binder the things like for me, a particularly off cycle things like, uh, use a kind of a gross example, the septic tank. So I live in an area where there is no public uh, sewer. Um, so everybody has septic tanks and you don't pump them every year, every two years. You do it like every three, three and a half, in some cases every five years, kind of depending on your use level. And so all of these off cycle things, you just forget, like, was it two years ago I did that? Was it four? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, and, and the similar thing with my furnace, like I don't, I have a gas furnace, not an oil furnace, so I don't need to service it every year. Um, and, and those off cycle things are particularly meddlesome. Um, and in some cases for where there's a replacement part with like my water system, um, having not just the reminder, but the information of what's affiliated with that reminder right at my fingertips. It could be that the reminder comes out with the phone number right off of home binder, the person I need to call. And so it just pops up on my phone. I press the button, I call them, I set the appointment. Or it could be that um, like with my phosphate cartridge, I get a reminder of, oh yeah, I have to service it. And this is the part number that I have to order again through the specialty shop so that um, when we service the, the water system this year, my wife's hair will not turn green. And that's awful if that happens. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, those, those are common use cases. I think a lot of people come on our site organically if they didn't get it from a home inspector. They're looking for a tool to help them with home inventory in the case of fire and theft. Uh, people that have, been, have gone through that process know it acutely. Uh, that having digital records of, of valuables, whether it's antiques or artwork or, you know, even a valuable, you know, road bike or mountain bike um, is critical to have to make sure you get um, the maximum amount from your insurance company. Uh, then, uh, and then there's, a, you know, a number of use cases around uh, capital expenditures. So when you do an improvement to your home, it can count as a capital expense, meaning that your cost basis changes on your home. In other words, if, if you bought your home for you know $300,000 and you sold it for $600,000, um, but you have the receipts for $100,000 or $200,000, your, your new cost basis isn't the what you paid for it, it's what you paid for it plus everything you put into it. Uh, a back patio, and not everything counts, by the way. You don't get to count painting walls and refurbishing things, but things that added to the value of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, helping homeowners especially get prepared around a time of sale, not only to show the home binder report, but also to have it in hand for their say, account or CPA, uh, who will ask them, like, what's your cost basis on your house? I love all this. So let we're, we're, we're both in the business of working with home inspectors. That's a majority of our audience and, and yep. listeners. So let's talk a little bit about differentiation and how you kind of view this, because I think we're both of our companies help inspectors differentiate, do things differently. Um, so I, like, do you guys help kind of inspectors tee this up with language? How does it typically um, play well when the inspector is saying, Hey, Mr. Homeowner, I don't know if you've considered doing this insert, um, you know, upsell or, or something that adds value. So how do inspectors kind of, how can they view this as a differentiator? Yeah. So as you know, as of last year, um, 
the majority of buyers, over 50% of buyers are now of the millennial generation. Yes. And so um, with that, I think comes some relevance and certainly within aging sort of inspector population. I think that's actually, I mean, that could be a whole podcast in and of itself, but how the inspection industry, which is getting older and older, um, really continues to, you know, revitalize itself for uh, um, you know, the changing world. Um, but it is helpful, and we hear from inspectors often how, um, you know, having HomeBinder as part of their, uh, as a value-added service that they offer their clients does make a lot of sense to today's generation of home buyer and uh, helps sway more business their way. The, the second part of sort of differentiation comes, as I think everybody's pretty well aware, um, inspectors work a lot with real estate agents. And I know it can be a tenuous sort of relationship at times, um, and it can create tension between, uh, between the two. And there's certainly lots of inspectors out there that get very frustrated by real estate agents. But I, I think, you know, very successful firms learn how to navigate that. And, um, and, uh, it can be a, a very beneficial for growth of an inspector's business if, if they have good relationships with real estate agents um, who offer um, you know, their name to their clients and uh, help their buyers through the process. So our tool, uh, HomeBinder, comes co-branded if the inspector would like to do it. And for agents, um, their whole business is referrals. You know, they need to find ways to stay uh, in front of uh, their previous clients to keep building a referral base so that it, it's like compounding interest over time for them. Yes. And successful agents uh, build off of all of their previous years in a cumulative way to have the biggest book of business because they have the biggest network. And at the same time, there's a lot of studies out there, including ones published by NAR, the National Associations of Re Association of Realtors, that after 18 months, like a single digit percentage of buyers can remember their agent's name. Wow. And that's troubling if you live in a referral business. So, <laughs> yes. well, we may not, you know, we may not be, you know, the only thing that they can, could, and should do. Our tool offers them a way through maintenance reminders and notifications off the system that their name along with the inspector's name will continue to persist with their previous clients, hey, a friendly reminder, it's time to sweep your chimney or, or uh, service your furnace from your real estate agent, your home inspector, with the name, with the logo, with the photo and picture. And of course, as agents change brokerages, which they often do, uh, they can change the information in one place and then it gets immediately associated with every binder they were ever associated with. And uh, and so their, their previous clients have their most up-to-date information. So. I'm not saying it's the only thing that agents should do, I, but I think that you know, as part of a comprehensive plan, um, it's a, it can be a really valuable part of keeping in touch with those previous clients, and they do respond really well to inspectors that are offering HomeBinder as a service because they get, hey, listen, I'm helping you and pushing business your way, and you're helping me keeping my name in front of my previous clients, and that's a good symbiotic relationship. And this hits home with me because I, I was an agent, <clears throat> most relishers know that, and I recall that. And if it's something that requires little, I can say it's about agents, but it's like if it's something that requires a little effort and gives them value, it's it's great because they don't have to do any additional work to be co-branded or to get stay in front of that uh, buyer. 
And, um, and on the homeowner side, this resonates with me because I, I think back to walking through with the home inspector and like, these were the things that were actually on my mind. Like I was literally thinking of these things as we learned about the home. And as I started to gain more knowledge about the systems of my home. So to me, it just hits on both sides. And I think the ability to articulate that is the key with uh, inspectors that are listening or thinking about doing something like this, because the need is definitely there. Like from my vantage point, it's crystal clear. Um, so I love that. I love that you're able to hit it from all angles and have the benefit for the agents because it's huge. Yeah. You know, I, I'll, I'll take it one step further even Kevin, because I, I think going back to that point of inspectors um, and, and kind of hitting on all points for them, a lot of them really love homes. Like they really, they care about their craft. Uh, they love sharing knowledge about properties and our very first tagline back in 2000, like 13, 2014, um, strange to say, you know, over six years ago now, yeah. um, but we, we called Homebinder the living home inspection. I even have the big banner at my first ASHI convention that I went to where that was the headline, Homebinder, the living home inspection. And a lot of it was about sort of carrying continuity from the inspection and the inspection report forward into the process of owning the home over the next, you know, 10 years or more. And I, I, I think that there's still more that we can do. We're excited to be working with, you know, you at Spectora because I think building off of an inspection report writing platform offers that opportunity where less of the information, less of the hard work, the blood, the sweat, the hours, the crawling through a hot 150 degree crawl space, all that, all that information is less of it's lost if we push more of the detail into the continuity system of Homebinder so that it keeps being dripped out and connected to and offered through uh, wh whatever it may be, the portal itself, a maintenance reminder, an item that they've stored inside the system so that, that, that again, that there's a living component to the home inspection. It's not just a one and done thing, but the knowledge that was consolidated and drawn together at the time has some perpetuity and persistence to it through, through time. It, it, it's not a one and done thing. And I, I think that that's a bit maybe more aspirational for us right now in terms of that's what we want to do more of. And I think we can do more of, but it, it does start with, you know, awesome report writing systems that have the ability um, to give that as additional value to the home inspector. So they really, you know, feel like their report isn't going to just collect dust on the shelf, but a lot of their hard work is going to have um, a long life to it with that homeowner. Does that make sense? Completely. It just connects the dots between what everyone wants. Everyone, everyone always aspirationally thinks of this document as a living, breathing thing that continues to add value. And I've always wanted that for inspectors as a part of this community. And this like enables that to happen, which, you know, selfishly for our community, I'm like, man, could this raise the value and the, the profile and the professionalism of inspectors and prices over time because you're providing value into the future for these people. So like, that's a reason that's, that's a reason to be able to charge what home inspections are worth. Cause I think they're drastically undervalued overall. Like I hate, um, you know, seeing areas where there's well, a range at the bottom. You know, again, probably a, a topic, you know, again, for a podcast there, Kevin, I, I'm going to tell you a really sort of sad anecdote that um, is now about 18 months old, mm -hmm. but 
I, it, it continues to stick with me. So I'm, I'm, I'm in the space. Of course, people ask me all the time about, you know, do you know a home inspector? Can you refer me? What do you know about homes? Should I be thinking about this? What's the market? And I'm in a conversation of somebody I've just met through a, a mutual friend and I'm saying, oh, congratulations. I, you know, he just said that you've, uh, you've put an offer in a house. I said, how'd the inspection go? I, he said, you know, I, I think it, it went well. I said, uh, you know, who do you, who do you use? And he said, I, I don't know. I can't really remember his name. Um, I'd say, well, what, uh, what came up in the inspection report? I said, and he said, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I said, well, did you use it for negotiation and the price? Did you, are you going to make any improvements based on it? He said, I, honestly, I don't really remember what's in it. And I'm sitting there talking to him like, why did you get a home inspection? And his answer to me just like hit me in the face. He said, I got the home inspection because if I didn't get one, my father-in-law would have looked at me like I was an idiot. And that was his only reason for spending that. That was his reason. That's and if that's like, if, if that's, if that's the world in which we're living in today, then we collectively that care about like the home home inspection space have to be like some alarm bell should go off. And we should be thinking to ourselves, well, well, how can we do better to message the value of a home inspection? And why, why is this happening today that it's viewed as simply a checkbox? It's just something you do. It's not something that you necessarily get value from. Because that's the problem, right? That's, that's a real issue. And it, it shouldn't be ignored. I, and I put it on, I put it on ourselves, on you and me and other, you know, active companies in the industry um, to just put more out there. And I know it's something every time I'm reminded of it, I'm reminded of how much more I think I could do, how much our company could do to put more education and resources and, and homeowner and agent facing stuff in the world. And I think, um, yeah, we can't do that enough. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a, there's a, there's a miss misperception of uh, you know I there's another angle of course to home inspection and, and I think the bright spot here is that the industry at large and I am speaking somewhat about NAR and agents real estate agents they're around on the, the concept of the, the um, pre-listing inspection I see it's all made sense to me that, that that should be part of what happens in the market. You otherwise are flying blind. If you're working on a tight time frame where you have to move because of any number of reasons, job, kids getting into school, financial reasons, like you, you don't want to go into a situation blind, not knowing what could crop up. And for years, the the general sentiment that was taught and how real estate agents were trained was the ostrich head in the sand approach. Yep. Hear nothing, see something, know something. If you know it, you got to disclose it. Just pretend like you know nothing and don't ask any questions. Like literally that's, I, I went through a home transaction where that's what the agent told me. I was like, no, I have, I, I don't feel good about saying that. I don't know that there's lead paint because I know there's lead paint here. Is it okay if I put that there's lead paint here? She's like, well, I guess you could. Oh, brutal. But I, I don't feel good about that. Um, I think we should know. I think we should be up front. I think we should share these things. 
And once you know, then you can do something about it. And so I think that is a, I do like that idea that pre-listing inspections, it doesn't mean that, you know, inspections for buyers don't happen. I think buyers should continue to do inspections, but we should get, you know, we hopefully will see more of that take place over the coming uh, decade because I, I, I see even some direction from, you know, some leadership at NAR where they're saying this may not be such a bad idea. We should get, we should be aware of these things. We can, we cannot be caught off guard and we can be more proactive than reactive and really service our clients better by doing so. And I, I don't know if this is something you've seen as well, Kevin, but it's, I've seen little glimmers of hope on it. That's exciting to me. I, uh, I, I have not revisited the idea for months and always hear, you know, small initiatives and people pushing forward and certain brokerages making it part of their package, kind of part of a value add when they, when they, when they pitch people to list their homes. Yeah, completely on board with it. You said it perfectly. I think it's just a transparency thing. It's a preparation thing. And um, gosh, small cost to, to learn all of this stuff about a home. I just, it, it, it's an education gap at the end of the day. Cause I think when people don't see the value, it's because they don't understand maybe the ramifications of not catching a foundation crack or a leak or something, you know, something of that magnitude. You mentioned yeah. agents um, and NAR. T talk to me a little about your interaction with agents in response to Homebinder. Have you had feedback or any stories around, um, you know, agents really loving this or even getting it themselves for clients as like a closing gift or something is where my mind kind of goes. Yeah. Uh, yes, we have. We, we definitely do work with agents um, and, and they do give it to their clients as closings. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about just the way it's a, it's a retention tool for them um, to get repeat business and win referrals um, uh, really to their buy side clients. But I think when, you know, when you bring up agents, Kevin, I immediately think about where I see the bright light with, agents in terms of the residents and it's really more, more on the listing side when we're dealing with them directly and this okay. is what i mean on the listing side um a a home binder report can be a really valuable tool to help buyers see value and to offer information to appraisers that they may not otherwise know or understand appraisers today due to appraisal management company sort of fees and Dodd post Dodd Frank regulations and they're being paid very little. They don't have a lot of time. Um, the, the data they have is incomplete and accurate and many agents, especially in upward markets get very frustrated by um, appraisals coming in lower than they should. But when you really dive into it, it's largely because the appraiser isn't aware of, of details of the property that they maybe could or should be aware of, um, mm -hmm. you know, worst case sort of drive-by appraisal that people talk about. Yeah. Um, and and, uh, and so we've had some really nice success stories with real estate agents who have started effectively promoting this idea to all their sellers as part of their listing presentation. Hey, if you come with us, we're going to use Homebinder. You're going to spend a couple of hours entering the information about projects you did, details of the home. It's going to help on three fronts. Number one, it's going to help sell your home faster for more money uh, with the buyers because they'll see more value. Effectively replicating the experience that I had you know, in my home buying. The second thing is we're going to share as part of the package to the appraiser. Now, they can't influence the appraisal, but they can share information like the listing brochure, 
and a home buying report and everything to the appraiser to give them information on, oh, wow, this may look like all the other homes in the area, but in the last three years, the kitchen, both bathrooms have been redone. The entire house has been refloored. Um, they just redid the entire heating system or cooling system, whatever it may be. And sometimes, you know, $10,000 can make a big difference in the course of an appraisal, not holding up a transaction and wasting a lot of time. And so some agents now that used to have trouble now not having any trouble at all with the appraisal uh, process, uh, holding up their transaction anyway, because they've adopted uh, home binders part of it. And, and that we're really excited about that. I think we're just you know, kind of at the very early stages of it. Um, we just published a case study um, that we're starting to circulate around it. Um, and, and want to keep you know, letting agents know that th that's really, that's where they can, you are an agent, you kind of know like a lot of, a lot of stuff in terms of value is what, what right now here front and center can bring value to me in the next, you know, week or 20 days. And, or is something that really falls right into that. What What are some things that inspectors? Because I, I love having this conversation about the about these thoughts and the different personas and how different people think about the home transaction and home ownership. So, what do you get common questions from inspectors that are trying to wrap their head around? Um, kind of understanding these different points of views and how to, uh, you know, articulate this stuff and mention it to home buyers. Like what, what are common hangups or areas that inspectors need to kind of understand and learn more about when even listening to this conversation? Yeah. You know, the, the big piece or the, the part of it that I, I really emphasize quite a bit and is, is, is about the, the messaging of HomeBinder. Um, Homebinder for inspectors is, is really, it's a marketing tool. And because we've been fortunate to be able to work with folks like yourself that can create automation around the operational aspect of setting up binders, that technically and operationally, we've offloaded a lot of the effort on that side. It's, it can be fully automated. It's just a click. There's not a lot of effort to basically put a home binder into your client's hands. Mm -hmm. But where the effort is, it's around messaging. And I think, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a shortcoming of ours where we've failed to really um, give the most information to home inspectors um, around this is what you need to do with the driveway speech. And this is what you need to do when you go to speak to your agent offices. And this is a PowerPoint presentation and this is a flyer and uh, this is an email template. Now we have all those things. I think we're getting better and better about, about basically building up the arsenal of marketing tools. But at the end of the day, the inspector really has to go and tell um, the agents and the potential buyers that they are giving them home binder, both to help, you know, near term win more inspections, whether they're trying to win a, inspection from a potential for a potential client, uh, get more work from real estate agents, and to get the value from HomeBinder by getting a five-star review because the client doesn't get the email from HomeBinder say, saying, hey, welcome to HomeBinder. Your home inspector set you up. Click here to get it. And they just ignore it because it's, it's, there's no context to it. Yeah. 
the, the inspectors that really win with Homebinder, and I know this is more difficult for multi-inspector firms where, because the single guys can really control their, their entire environment. They, they, they themselves know what they're doing in their process. In a multi-inspector firm, it is far more difficult getting everybody in the field to do and say, you know, a particular thing the same way all the time. But when they do, then the homeowner gets the email. They understand, oh, this is what Homebinder is. Yes, I was expecting it. It would otherwise be costing me, you know, over $30 a year, maybe $300 over the next, you know, 10 years to, own, to have a Homebinder account. And I'm getting it for free with my inspector and how I will use it and what information is in there. And so if they just get that like 30 second to one minute kind of pitch from the inspector in the field, it, it, it goes a long way to, to helping them really make the most use of the tool and appreciate the most value from Homebinder and then sharing to their friends that this is the inspector you should go with because they're the ones that gave me this tool and it's really pretty great. Um, like anything, in a vacuum, if it's not understood, it doesn't, it's not perceived as valuable. And I think when we, we talk to inspectors and, and ask, you know, for those that are saying, I'm just not getting any value. And we ask them, well, how many agent office presentations have you done with Homebinder? How many agents have you talked to? And, and what's your driveway speech like? We find that a lot of those things are missing. And I think it's, it's, it, it, it sheds uh, some light into where we can do better as a company to make sure if somebody comes on board with Homebinder, we've really given them the tools to let their home buyer clients and their agent partners uh, understand what it is and why, why they should care. Yes. And it speaks to the training. I think I'm seeing so much higher quality training at these multi-inspector companies that have the weekly or monthly meetings and trainings of how they, things they want to cover. And then it also makes me think of um, customizing <clears throat> their templates to have, whether it's a, a reminder on their app to re remind them to bring up the additional services that they offer or having it baked into the template somewhere to where they have to mention these things that they are investing in and doing um, because it just ma it magnifies the, you know, the gains you can get from it. So like, why do it if you're not going to make it a priority? Yeah. And I think, you know, w one of the benefits of today's world is that we really, we can help stitch a lot of these things together better for them. Um, I know, you know, I'll just use one example of Repair Pricer, a, a company that I'm just a really, you know, I'm a huge fan of because I, I think, you know, they're, they're solving that problem of instead of just dropping the inspection on the front door and saying good luck with it, they're offering a solution to really allow people to take the data in the inspection report and turn it into information that they can use for saving time and negotiation, et cetera. And, you know, by being able to integrate into an ecosystem like that, it helps you and us service the inspector and the client better because it's all seamlessly stitched together. And there's a, there's a workflow and a process of this and this happens and this happens and this happens. And these aren't seen as like standalone pillars that don't seem to have any connected tissue between them. And, um, and I, as a, a user, a potential a client, a potential buyer, um, it's, it's, it becomes super kludgy for me, right? It's, 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 it's cumbersome to go through it. And I think we're able to offer more of a stitched together experience with all the, you know, um, uh, benefits that today's, you know, connected economy and the internet allow. 
Yeah. That's why these integrations excite me so much. Um, you know, the home buyers and repair pricers of the world, because like you said, they're all steps along the journey that weren't being solved and still aren't being fully solved that we're just trying to hit each point that clients go through. And I think we we're starting to have a clearer understanding, all of us in this industry, and we need all the inspectors to understand that so they can speak to it effectively in the driveway. Cause it's so easy just to not mention and say, Oh, it's not my problem. Like all in the business of solving problems and creating solutions for people. And I think it, I'm slowly seeing more inspectors adopt that mentality. I'd love to see it happen faster. Um, Cause I think that's how you can grow and how everyone listening can thrive is find solutions and present them. And you'd be surprised at the results. That, that's it's me on my soapbox. No, it's good. It's so true. Um, and I think, you know, we have to be aware. I mean, I, you know, I, I think with any discussion in the space, we always have to have that conversation about privacy and, um, and data and customers. I, I know that it, it continues to be a very sensitive topic in the industry. Um, it's one that we um, you know, really try to be respectful of and understand and, you know, um, the last thing that, you know, homeowners really want is to feel like their, you know, information is being sold or they're being solicited and, and bothered. And it's, uh, it's, it's probably one of the most common conversation topics that we get when we talk to a new prospective client. It's like, how do you handle this? And we draw a really bright line. Like, you know, if someone calls us and someone emails us and says, hey, I need help with X, Y, or Z, we, we're going to try to help them we're not going to approach them with anything and we're not going to give their information to anybody else to approach them um, because it, it ultimately is, is not helping us in our 10 year journey with that client in our 10 year journey with that home inspector. Um, and I'm sure you've probably, you know, seen a lot of the same, like you, you just, I think in today's, in today's world um, have to be really kind of careful and cautious about how that gets approached uh, because I think a lot of inspectors out there feel like they're being exploited um, and, uh, you know, we, we, uh, we've got to, you know, behave in ways and, and act in ways that are really aligned with, with them. If we're going to have good businesses and, you know, help them truly grow. Yeah. All about transparency and communication. And I think our, our industry can always do better at that, whether it's from inspector to client or inspector to agent or us to inspectors and all that. So, um, what, what's exciting you, what, what excites you about this year, about 2020 for Homebinder and what you guys have going on? What are you looking ahead to um, this summer and in the fall? Yeah, so I think, you know, one of the, probably the thing that to focus in on uh, without, you know, going too much all over the map is, is the world of home service providers um, and electricians, plumbers, HVAC folks. And part of our idea our vision is that many people can update a person's home binder at any point in their journey. And so while it may be set up by an inspector, a real estate agent, even a lender that wants to give home binder to their clients, um, that home owner will work with lots of other people during their ownership cycle, perhaps you know, putting on a roof, perhaps putting in a new heating system, uh, putting on an addition. And that information can be contributed uh, by that home service provider into that person's binder uh, where the homeowner has now a record of what happened, but they didn't have to do a lot of work. 
the information was basically came into their binder. They were given an email notification that this person has contributed this. Do you want to accept it? Yes or no. And if they click yes, then it comes into their binder. And now it's good for them. They have it in there. It's also good for the electrician and plumber. Yeah. They're now the pro of record on that property. And if that homeowner sells someday, they don't get forgotten. Now, some of the pros have an advantage, you know, especially one with the, the furnace, plumbing, uh, perhaps even the electrician. They can kind of put their stickers on the equipment. But certainly guys that put in floors, custom cabinets, paint, um, they can't be signing the walls or putting their names on the floor. And, and, uh, and, and so pros, every time a home transacts, they lose the ability to keep selling to that home. Their relationship with that home is done when that homeowner sells their home. And so we're having you know, a lot of conversations with home service providers, many of which you know, come from our inspector uh, network that offer the names of these, these, these pros to their potential clients um, where that message resonates really strongly. And so in 2020, I, I think you know, one thing I really want to make a lot of progress on is helping um, homeowners keep their home binder updated uh, without them, you know, have, doing too much work and largely doing it through relationships with home service providers uh, that value the idea of becoming stamped on those binders um, as, uh, you know, the plumber of record, the electrician of record, the painter of record. Does that make sense? Oh, completely. It's, I mean, this ties, ties it all together so nicely and it's, it's helping them. And I think it's, it's one of those kind of win-win kind of uh, future visions that, I'm just such a fan of because I think there's so much work to do still connecting all the dots. Yeah. I mean, there's no questions. It's a ton. And, you know, you think about what really excites me about Homebinder and the reason why I, I, I've devoted, you know, so much time now to it and, you know, um, is that when you think about the home and you think about all the industries it's connected to, it's really at the epicenter of about eight or nine pretty major industries and um, lots of people touching that, that home at various points in its journey, people working with that home and that homeowner. And, you know, our, our real idea is to build an ecosystem around that home, whether it is the electrician, the plumber, the real estate agent, the mortgage lender, um, insurance provider, any one of which, is, is, is helping that homeowner on their journey. And the homeowner has this centralized hub where everything is being you know, recorded and stored. And, um, and they don't, it's not piecemeal, like a little bit over here and a little bit over there. But really there's, a, there's an operating system for this home that exists at the middle that everybody can talk in and around, uh, providing value to both the homeowner and them in that, in that journey. And this stuff excites me. I'm like wanting to like get to work and just go like, you know, think about these things. What, um, what are, is there anything I haven't asked you? I want to be respectful of your time here. We have about five minutes. Is there anything we haven't kind of talked about or anything that I should have asked you? Um, that's kind of on, on top of your mind when thinking of the inspection community and kind of what the average inspector should be thinking about this year. Well, you know, I'll, I'll just share one thing, Kevin, that is near and dear to me. And I think, you know, anybody that's heard me talk one-on-one -on -one or, or, or seen some of the things I've done over the last few years, um, it's really around the concept of the annual property review. Mm -hmm. 
the annual home inspection. Um, I think it's another example of something that obviously would be really good for home, the home inspector market. Um, would be tremendous for us as a business because it would really provide a, a platform of that continuity and stickiness and updating the binder um, for that homeowner, keeping it relevant um, without them doing a lot of work and good for the homeowner themselves. I mean, listen, we, we take our bodies to doctors for annual physicals. We take our cars to mechanics. We take our finances to financial advisors. We have coaches and trainers and, and dentists, but we don't have anybody come back to look at this home in a universal way, in a comprehensive, holistic way uh, from the time we buy it on. And it's always struck me as weird. I think a lot of people get it, but it's the one, it's a topic that I, I can't help but like not keep be drawn to as something that is a, a big, hairy, audacious goal that um, I think would, would transform homes, home ownership, the inspection industry, the home sale process. Um, and there's analogies in effectively every other aspect of our lives, but not here. And, um, you know, I'm, I, uh, I keep thinking about ways in which we can help inspectors make it real. And uh, so if anybody listening has any, you know, passion about that, um, I'm always all ears. We've tried to stand up some concepts. We've done a lot of marketing. We've created some videos. We're working with inspectors all the time on various ways in which, you know, the market can be educated about the importance of it. And, um, and I just know how transformational it would be for the inspection industry overall. That's so good. I'm looking forward to the stuff we can do together in the future too, just to push that message because I think it's good for everybody and it just makes sense. So it's, uh, it, that's the similar things we're excited about in the future too. So where can people find you? What, where can people get a hold of you um, or HomeBinder on social media, email? What's the best place? Yeah, so I'll offer my direct uh, email. It's jack at homebinder.com. Um, I'm always, I always welcome emails. Um, my, uh, the website, homebinder.com, uh, and uh, then you'll see a, a button for professionals. So if you're an inspector, you'll, you can go to the uh, home inspector page. Um, free trials, uh, always uh, want to offer you know, inspectors the opportunity to try Homebinder out for a month. Um, and, and, uh, give them a chance to go talk to agents, potential buyers about it. Uh, we're always game to do that. Um, we are really excited about this integration with Spectora. And I, I, I agree with you, Kevin. I mean, I think, you know, what we're standing up right now is a version one of the integration that, uh, makes the process of, of adding HomeBinder to their business automated. Um, but there's a lot more to do going back to that idea of the living home inspection and the continuity that, you know, we'd love to keep working with you on. And, uh, you know, you know, modern platforms, um, are all about, I think, maximizing that potential. So, uh, I really appreciate the time and the chance to talk today and, uh, thank you and your team for uh, working with us to get this integration done. I'm so excited about it because I just know we can, you know, as your team and our team can help with positioning, with language, with getting links and stuff and follow-up emails. There's just lots of collaboration that can happen. So for any inspectors that are listening and interested, um, definitely let's, let's get ahead of it with communication and dive in and see how we can all help each other, um, you know, do best for the homeowner agents and, and inspectors. So 
I really appreciate the time, Jack. This has been fun. I think we're going to do another one in the future because I think you and I could probably dive into other topics, um, you know, and really drill down on some of these because some of these are some big, some big topics that require their own hours. So I'll look forward to doing this again with you. Yeah, I would. I'd love to do that, uh, Kevin. I, I agree. Every one of them uh, could take an hour on their own. Thanks for your time today. Really appreciate it. Yep. Thanks, Jack. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.